Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. With that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, bud? Frankie, happy hump day to you. Beautiful weather outside today. Gorgeous. Can't complain about that. Of course, what you can complain about is uh, whether or not you're a Blake Snell owner, which I am not, and I'm sure we'll get into today, Greg. uh, I am, Frank. uh, After the Blake Snell performance, how did you sleep last night, Greg? Probably probably not well. Uh, I slept fine. Oh, all right. I slept fine. Oh, you're not like me. You, you don't no. let these things affect your sleep. No. <laughs> uh, I actually slept great because, um, so tomorrow I, I have a double header for kickball. Oh, it's also my season debut. Dodgeball. My life debut. That's in, right. In a, in a dodgeball debut. It's fantastic. Dodgeball league. So I have, a, I have a double header. So the thing is, a lot of the female participants on the team can't make it tomorrow. Okay. So you have to have three in order to play, three females in order to play. And if, that's, if you only have three, there's an automatic out in your lineup. Okay. If you have four, good to go. So we have, I think, like six, six females on the team. Four cannot make it tomorrow. So we only oh. have two. So is this, your, uh, is this your recruit? So making her debut tomorrow. Judy! Judy's going to play. Oh. So the reason I bring this up. I feel like you've told me... Um... She's probably a lesser athlete than you. And I'm not a good athlete. <laughs> so making her, she's making her debut, and she, she wanted a lot, something in return. I didn't know what to, to give her. So she, wa- she made us um, yesterday after the Yankee game, which ended at 9.57 p.m. She wanted to watch uh, some documentary. I was like, all right, one of the murder mystery things that she likes. Like, all right, cool, I can do that. That sounds fine, no worries. On the... Uh, there's like, I'm sure you know them. Obviously, there's different, I guess, not denominations, but like different forms of every religion, right? Yes. Like your, your hardcore religious people and your, and your, your not so hardcore religious people, right? So there's a sector of the Jewish faith known as the Hasidic Jews. Okay. Do, do, do you know them? 
black hats, long beards, those guys. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of lot of those in uh, in, in Brooklyn. Correct. So there's a documentary about that section of Brooklyn and these Hasidics that how like impossible it is to like break away from this cult and like how insular they are and how like horrible they are. So I had to watch an hour and a half documentary on this last night. I'm gonna, I'm I'm guessing by your tone that you didn't enjoy it very much. Girl. Well, you asked me what, how I slept. I slept great because I slept during that. <laughs> so it was perfect. All right. So you had a little appetizer to, uh, to your main event. Exactly. Uh, your, your main course of sleep. Exactly. I felt a lot better to be, today, to be honest, uh, with you waking up this morning. Um, yesterday morning, I was very tired. Today, all good. All right. Well, we got a lot to talk about, Greg. Of course, uh, John Carlos Stanton. To, to jacked for his own good, dealing with a knee injury now, will not be placed on the I.L. for now. For now. Let's see what happens. So basically, they, they took an MRI. He's got a bruised knee. He's got a bone bruise. So well, you know what, Greg? I, I'm sure I've had bruised knees in my life. My, my knee's cut up right now. I showed you yesterday. Yeah, and you're here at work. I'm here at work. I know. And you know what? I kickball tomorrow. I'm going to play. Oh, you're going to play through it. I'm going to play through it. Imagine playing through yeah. injury, Greg. I mean, come on. You're an Iron Man. Correct. What Correct. are we doing, Greg? Yes. Uh, what is Stanton doing? Come on, man. And they, and they expect him to play every day in the outfield with Encarnacion on the team? They do. <sighs> this is bad. Does this it, is very bad, Greg. Does it seem too much to ask for? Uh, yes. Very much so. I, I mean, you got to put this guy in a bubble. Protect him from himself. I, 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 don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, of course, we're going uh, to have Virginia on tomorrow of inside injuries. So talk to us about what's going on with John Carlos Stanton. I saw them tweeting out last night. Uh, that this knee is not really related to a calf injury or shoulder, but it's like, they said it too. It's always something. It's always something when it comes to Giancarlo Stan. At least it has been this year. There's been years in the past where like he's been banged up. Like last year he played through a hamstring injury, but it just seems like there's always something when it comes to Stan. So we'll keep you guys filled in uh, at the, as, as news comes across regarding Stan. But as of now, not getting placed on the IL. That home run that he hit two days ago, Greg, it was fun while it lasted. That's all I could say. Bruised knee, um, which I, 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 you know what? It's crazy because I watched him come into third last night. I'm like, this dude's definitely not getting up. Like, he's hurt. <laughs> like, there's no way he's fine after this. And I thought it was going to be a concussion. Like, he got kneed in the head by Clayton Richard. His knee? Ridiculous, man. It is ridiculous. Uh, we also had uh, Tim Anderson get carried off the field yesterday. <sighs> Less ridiculous. So we'll find out more about that. Um, he slowed down a little bit, but still has been one of the uh, better shortstop values on, on the season. I see here, Greg, Jake Lamb going to be activated. Oh, nice. It's been a while. the Arizona That's cool. Diamondbacks. That's cool. How do, how do you think he figures into things here? I feel good for Jake Lamb. That's awesome. Uh, how does he figure into things? I think he'll play. I think it could send Christian Walker back to the bench. No. Really? Yeah. I mean, Christian Walker has played so well in the month of June, as, as I reiterated yesterday. He has. You think Jake Lamb's just going to come back and automatically get his spot back? Probably. He has not been good for like two or three years now. They like Jake Lamb. I feel like people like Jake Lamb this year, no? I, I don't know. I, that's why, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because they have Eduardo Escobar at, at third base. They have Kettle Marte at second base. I mean, I guess they can they get creative with this here. They could play Eduardo Escobar at shortstop. They could play some Jake Lamb at third. They were trying to use Jake Lamb at first base this year before Christian Walker was mashing in the minors, and they called him up. I don't, I don't think Christian Walker just goes away. So that's why I thought it was worth mentioning. This could, this could affect some playing time for uh, somebody here, whether it's you know Nick Ahmed loses playing time in deeper sure. leagues or Christian Walker loses a day or two throughout a week. Uh, 
going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here, Greg. But, of course, last night, the big story, uh, Blake Snell. Blake Snell. And so on today's show, I'm not going to go through – I don't plan anyway to go through every box score kind of like we have been doing. But instead, we wanted to take a look at players like Blake Snell that were drafted as top 10, top 15, top 20 pitchers and let you know how they're doing. And that also led me to thinking about Vlad, because he played the Yankees, and like how Vlad's been doing since – the fabulous Fab Day. Fabuloso Fabageddon. Yes. Whatever you want to call it. Fabnado. Just want to call it nothing. It's going to call, so, it, like, want pay, to call it Sunday, to be honest with pay, you. Pay some attention to these, uh, to these rookies, how they're performing so far in the year. Obviously, Vlad wasn't someone who was bid on, but, you know, let, let's, uh, let's touch base with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and see what's going on there. Austin Riley, the rest of these rookies. Uh, what's going on with Kesson Hira and the minors. And well, we'll talk about Travis Shaw as well, uh, what he's doing in the majors. But, yeah. I thought it was worth leading off uh, with Blake Snell, and we'll do a little mid-season recap of how the top 20 starting pitchers that were drafted preseason, Greg, according to ADP, how they're doing now, and what we should really expect from these guys uh, moving forward. So, I mean, yeah, let's start it with Blake Snell like let, we did last week. Let me start it with Blake Snell, because last, last night he was in Minnesota facing off against the Twins, and it was a disaster of epic proportions. He lasted three and a third, allowed 11 hits, seven earned runs, four strikeouts, and only one of those runs, or only uh, one home run was allowed by him, and that was a solo shot by Jonathan Scope, meaning six of the runs for Blake Snell all came on all those hits. You know, it's one thing, we've talked about this before, if, it's home run, if you're home run happy, it happens. You have a bad game, bad pitches, uh, okay. If you don't have control in a game, you don't have feel, okay. That happens. A lot of walks. Got it. But last night, there's only one home run. There was only one walk. 11 hits allowed by Blake Snell. And I get the Minnesota Twins team is nothing to laugh at by any means anymore. 51-27 and 27 on the season. But Blake Snell is a Cy Young Award winner. The reigning defending. Cy Young Award winner, whose ERA now sits at 5.01. You've gotten a lot of questions on Twitter. You've gotten text messages from me saying, what the heck do I do about Blake Snell? And I've heard you talk about, certainly after the last week, bye, 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 bye. Now it's not just two starts in a row. It's been like a month's worth of starts. Yeah, pretty much all of June. 11.42 ERA in the month of June, Greg. Ryan Bloomfield on the other side, however tweeted this out that I thought was worth mentioning. Matt Modica retweeted it, so I saw it. Last year, Blake Snell's K percentage was 32%. His walk percentage was 9%. His XERA, so that's the expected ERA, 3.17. Obviously, he finished last year's ERA with a 1.89 ERA. Okay. This year, the K percentage last year was 32%. This year, 32%. Last year, his walk percentage was 9%. This year, the walk percentage, 9%. Last year, the expected ERA was 3.17. This year, the expected ERA, 3.32. His ERA this year, or sorry, ERA last year, 1.89, as I said. This year, 5.01. Greg, I don't want to just chalk it up to luck because it seems Not like luck. a cop-out thing, but... I think last year, Blake Snell was really lucky. I think a lot of people could say that. Again, when we spoke about him last week, we reiterated the reason why it was a historic season was because he had an extremely low BABIP. He had a, a 241 BABIP. 
You know, he had an extremely low batting average against last year. He had an extremely high strand rate. Normally, those things regulate over the course of the season. They'll get closer to league average. It never really happened for Blake Snell last year, and that's why you saw him post the the sub-2 ERA that he did last season. But this year, it's just the pendulum has swung, and I saw people talking about this on Twitter last night as well. I mean, his BABIP is 357, whereas league average is 293. His left on base percentage is 66.6%, Greg, whereas league average is 73, 74%. So it just seems like the luck factor for Blake Snell swung entirely I, the other way. I understand. Way. Like, it seems like a cop out, but there is a lot of luck involved in baseball. I mean, once the ball is in play, it's really out of your hands as a starting pitcher. It's okay, are your fielders set up correctly? Are they shifted correctly? Are they making the plays that they're supposed to make? Are you giving up more hard contact this season? Which the case is, that is not the case this year for Blake Snell. He's actually allowing less hard contact, yet his Babbitt is over 100 points higher this season than it was last season. And his strand rate is 22% less this year than it was last year, Greg. You look at the XFIP, and that's what a lot of the experts in the industry love, right? That XFIP number. Last year, despite the ERA being at 1.89, his XFIP was 3.16. This year, his ERA at 5.01. The XFIP, 3.19. It's basically exactly the same. Now, his FIP number is significantly higher, but if I just use XFIP for that one moment, the expected ERA, the expected uh, fielder in, in independent pitching, is right along the lines where it always is, around three. That's where Blake Snell should be. The K for nine, it's up. The walks is basically even. Home runs have jumped, but his home run to fly ball ratio has jumped 7%. Yeah, and I I wanted to mention, Greg, I mean, look, we know that there's something going on in baseball this year in terms of the balls. There was a really, really cool story written on The Athletic. I actually want to check it out. It was written by an astrophysicist who talked about what's going on with the baseballs this year, and why so many home runs are being hit. So I'm going to look into that. Uh, I'm going to read that, and then I'll come back to you guys with a little uh, Spark Notes version of what's going on there. But basically, home runs are being hit as, at, at a historic rate this year. I mean, the 1.40 home runs per nine this season for starting pitchers is the highest in Major League Baseball history. So, I mean, it's no surprise that Blake Snell and a lot of other pitchers, which we'll get to, Obviously, Jack Flaherty had put up a dud last night. Zach Wheeler has been a dud pretty much all season because those guys are giving up more home runs. Well, it's not just them. I mean, it's all starting pitchers. It's being done at a historic rate so far this year. And I had a few few more notes from last night, Greg. I mean, the 11 hits that he gave up, Blake Snell, were a career high. He's got 11.42 ERA in the month of June. uh, and, And only four of those 11 hits that he allowed last night, Greg, were considered hard hit balls. So seven of those were not hard hit. That's that's unlucky. Yeah. And, and a lot of the runs that he gave up ended up, uh, the bullpen came in afterwards with, he left the game with the bases loaded, so that gets charged to him. His ERA right now is five. His XFIP is in, in the low three range, Greg. Even his Sierra, 3.56. I mean, that's the highest mark of all of his ERA indicators. If Blake Snell were to get his ERA from 5.01 down to 3.56 by the end of the season, he's going to pitch for either a low 3 or sub 3 ERA from here on out. Blake Snell is a buy right now, Greg, and I'm going to stand by that. I know it's frustrating if you own him. It's much easier said than done. You know, me trying to sit here and tell you to 
to, to have faith and have confidence in someone who you drafted in the second or third round, and, and he hasn't been himself since returning from that broken toe injury. So I, I understand there might be skepticism there if you're worried about that. Maybe there's still something lingering with the foot, uh, the toe. Uh, it's changed his mechanics, whatever it might be. But all the numbers indicate, and, and Greg pointed them out, and I've continued to point them out, that he's basically the same pitcher as he was last year when he won the Cy Young. It's just he's been extremely unlucky this season, and he was extremely lucky last season. So I am telling everyone that better days are coming for Blake Snell, and I know it seems obvious because the caliber pitcher that he is, and he's got a 5.01 ERA. You know, a lot of people were tweeting at me last night, Greg, saying, well, he's only been really good for one season out of his career. All right, all right, so why are his underlying numbers basically the same as they are, you know, this year as they were last year? Why is the swinging strike rate the best in baseball? Why are his underlying skills, you know, his first pitch strike percentage and his chase rate actually better this season? Considerably better this season than they were last season. And I'll pose that question to you. And with that, you should be buying Blake Snell right now. I agree. I, I don't own him agree. anywhere. I, I would love to try and buy him. I think, like, the two home leagues I play in that allow trades, I think Florio owns him in both. And it's going to be, like, pretty impossible to pry him away. But, like, in other leagues where I can trade, I would be trying to acquire Blake Snell right now, Greg. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's not just Blake Snell that's been struggling over these top pitchers. We're going to give you some of the other names and let you know, should you be buying? Should you be selling? Should you be holding? We'll let you know. Top 20 Pitcher Breakdown continues here on the BFFs. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Did we just become best friends? Yup! The best friends forever. It's Lance Lynn. I know it gets nice and hot in Arlington, so you're a little bit nervous of the ball flying out of there. But Lance Lynn's done a nice job this year. Not nervous, man. Not nervous. Really? Lance Lynn is the truth. He's going through a transformation. 2019, not the year of our Lord Great. 2019, the year of Lance Lynn. And I never thought that I would say that in the year 2019, but Lance Lynn has been... Watch live on the FNTSY YouTube stream and download the podcast on your popular podcast providers. Money Now 100 is not a lender, broker, or agent of any lender or financial advisor. We do not make loans or credit decisions. You must be 18 years or older and a U.S. resident to qualify. This is not an offer or solicitation to lend. I went to MoneyNow100.com and got the $5,000 I needed deposited in my account the next business day. If you need money for any reason, help is here. Go to MoneyNow100.com and get the money you need. Need to pay off credit card debt? Go to MoneyNow100.com. Need your car? repaired? Need home improvement money? Visit MoneyNow100.com. If you need fast cash for any reason, go to MoneyNow100.com. Good, bad, or no credit at all. Go to MoneyNow100.com. You could get up to $5,000 as soon as the next business day. Go to MoneyNow100.com on your phone, tablet, or computer. Type in the address bar MoneyNow100.com. That's MoneyNow100.com. Before we look into this Giancarlo Stanton thing, 
I have a feeling that he's not going to go to London and then he'll just come back next Tuesday. So he gets like a, basically on the 10-day DL anyway, or IL. That's my guess. How many days off does this guy need, Greg? You know, normally I, uh, I question some of the things that Mike Cardano tweets out. But last week, Stanton played one game the next day he didn't play. And Mike Cardano's like, dude, you just spent the past two months on the IL. You, know what's you crazy? can't play back-to-back games. You know and I agree with him. You know what's crazy about that? Like, I get giving guys, like, days off um, right when they come back because they're not ready. Like, Didi was playing almost two out of every three days for a while. And, yeah. and I know the infield rotation is a little bit different because they have Gio, Shayla, and whatnot. But, like, Aaron Judge has really been thrown back into this mix. Like, he played three days in a row coming off, got a day off. Now, two days in a row, you know he'll play both London games, like... I don't get this. The standings are ridiculous. Well, he's about to have... I mean, Judge is about to have Thursday and Friday off and yeah. then play Saturday. So, right. so he's getting the next and, two and, days and, off and, anyway. And then get Monday off. Ridiculous. I mean, look, the, the, the Yankees have a... They have a bone bruise. Oh, my knee. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. But, I mean, they're, they, they are in a luxurious position right now, Greg. I mean, they have a good problem right now, and... They have a lot of depth, and they have guys that can fill in, and they're just going to continue to do that. I don't, I don't know how often we're going to see the fully operational Death Star with Didi in the we're lineup. So, we were, Judge, so, we were so close each of the we last so two close. nights. We were so close. Today and yesterday. Maybe next week it'll happen, but I don't think it's going to happen very often because they'll give Encarnacion a day off here and there. They'll give LeMahieu. They'll give Glaber. We have not yet seen the fully operational Death Star. They have a lot of depth, so we'll see. All right, so we take a look at the top 20, as we said, pitchers. That were drafted. I'm going to skip over the ones that aren't all that fun to talk about because I want to get into in depth. I don't think we should go in depth on them, but I think we should mention them. I'm going to mention them. Okay. I'm just not going to go in depth on the ones that aren't fun to talk about, like I said. Like Max Scherzer was the first pitcher off the board, and rightfully so. His ERA is 2.5. The XFIP says it should be under three. Like, he's amazing. Was it like eight straight games with nine plus strikeouts? He's got, I believe, like in his last four games, he's allowed three runs and has struck out 54 guys. Yeah. All he needed was to break his nose with a bunt to, <laughs> to turn back into Max Scherzer, huh, Greg? Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, Scherzer. He's, uh, he's, very, he's very good. He's, he's done exactly what you wanted him to. Thumbs up for after, Max After a slow start. Yeah. All right, up next, uh, Jacob deGrom. 3.25 ERA. The x is even lower than that. Uh, it's off to a slow start, but Jacob deGrom. Thumbs up. Very good. Excellent player. Per- perfectly fine as, as a late first-round pick. Sure, no worries. Can't complain. Let's continue on. Let's go. I'm going to stop here for just a second, because Chris sails up next. His ERA is 3.59. The XFIP's at 3. And Frankie, remember, it was just two months ago where people were freaking out about Chris Sale. I was freaking out. You were freaking out about Chris Sale. How could I draft Chris Sale over Garrett Cole? What am I doing? I'm an idiot. And now, in the middle of June, or end of June, I should say, you feel okay about Chris Sale. Ad- admittedly. He just needed to get warmed up. Admittedly, uh, yeah, I might have overreacted a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I might have overreacted a little bit, but, uh, you know, at the time, Garrett Cole was pitching very well, and I still continue to believe that Garrett Cole is going to pitch very well. Uh, but, Greg, something that A-Rod said on opening day, and I'm going to ke- continue to go back to this. I actually have a soft spot for A-Rod, and I think he does a great job as a broadcaster. But he said this on... Uh, opening day when Chris Sale was pitching and not performing well against the Mariners. He said, no, by the time we get to May, mid-May, Chris Sale is going to be in mid-season form. He's basically going to use March and April as his spring training. By the time we get to May, he's going to be Chris Sale. From May 3rd on, in 10 starts, Chris Sale has a 2.34 ERA, a 1.81 FIP, 2.33 XFIP, 14.6 Ks per nine, 1.79 walks per nine. 
A-Rod, you are correct. Chris Sale, you are amazing. Next, Greg. Let's move on. After Chris Sale, you have Justin Verlander, who's just continued to pick up where he left off as well, 2.670 ERA. Actually, a lot higher than that at 3.49, but he still strikes out a billion batters per game. Justin Verlander, thumbs up. Thumbs up indeed, Greggy. And then we get to number five, and it was somebody that you and I were off of this year. Like We didn't draft this guy anywhere. We weren't interested in drafting this guy anywhere, and I don't like that we're right because of why we're right, Yeah, but... We were right even before he got hurt, though. That's Corey Kluber. Now, Corey Kluber broke his arm uh, after seven starts. His ERA was close to six. Now, I read a, I think it was a Roto World report. I'll get you the, the guy that actually wrote he, it. He started throwing this week, Cleveland, or he's set to throw. Yeah, the Cleveland Plain Dealer is reporting that he'll have a series of MRIs uh, this week, so over the next couple of days. And if everything goes well, he'll be clear to resume throwing. After you're clear to resume throwing, as we've seen like with Luis Severino, like, you still got ways to go. We'll get to Severino in a second. You have ways, ways, ways to go. And the hope is he'll be back, I would say sometime probably at the end of July. It's more, it's more likely than the All-Star break. Because we keep saying All-Star break. We're like two weeks away from the All-Star break at this point. Yeah, I wouldn't expect him like that first start so out you're of the look, All-Star So you're break. looking end of July, which makes it very, very hard for the Indians if they ultimately want to trade for Corey Kluber. But I do want to ask you, fantasy, as we get into July and the All-Star break, fantasy trade deadlines are coming up as well. Would you take a shot on a pitcher that was drafted inside the top 10, would you take a shot on acquiring Corey Kluber for your fantasy stretch run? It would have to be extremely cheap. Extremely it's something I would, okay. I, I would look into doing, but you know, it's I'm not giving up anything of value. I'm not giving up a top 30 starting pitcher for him. You know, maybe even not a top 40 starting pitcher for him, Greg, because there still is a lot of risk involved. Again, he's, got, he's working his way back from a broken arm. This is a legit injury. And then on top of that, the performance wasn't good earlier on in the season. At least with a guy like Clevenger, we can look at it and say he was performing well, and we hope that he picks up where he left off. I mean, that wasn't the case with Kluber. We already had our our reservations about him coming into the season and the fact that it, it seemed like he was slowly starting to regress in his older age here, Greg. So I, I would look into buying him on the on the very cheap if I could. But I'm not really going to give up anything of value. I'm not giving up a top 30, top 35 starting pitcher or even like a starting worthy player, someone that I'm relying on in my lineup. Let me go. I agree with you for the you record. You know what's crazy about the Indians, Greg? If you had to guess where they are right now in terms of just like standing, what would you guess? I know. Like I know, in the wild card. I know the answer to that. Oh, you know the answer? I do. Yeah, like they're, they are in the wild card right now. Yes. So like everyone's talking about the Indians, like the sky is falling because they're in the same division. As the Twins, but, you know, if they get Kluber, Carrasco back, and Clevenger back for the second half, Greg, and they're in the wild card right now, I mean, I don't know that they're going to be sellers. So, you know, everyone, like, let's kind of put this, let's put this in perspective. You know, the Cleveland Indians, yes, they're far behind the Twins, but they have a wild card spot right now. And I don't think they're just going to give that up. I agree with that. I agree with that. But the point is, um, with Corey Kluber, I'm not giving up anything of value because there's too much uncertainty. And you brought up another name just a second ago that fits this bill of what we're talking about, and that's Carlos Carrasco. And you talk about him coming back and what he could do for the playoff chances for Cleveland. Carlos Carrasco was drafted as a top 12, top 15 pitcher. His ERA on the year before he got hurt, 4.98, extra significantly lower than that. His K per nine, very good, over uh, close to 11. And as we get to the fantasy stretch run, as we're all looking to improve our pitching staffs, Carlos Carrasco's name that comes up. Now, Carrasco played catch yesterday. 
but we have no idea what's wrong with him. He has a blood condition that we know is not life-threatening, which is like extremely, extremely ominous. And it's awesome that he threw yesterday. But we have no idea how close he is to returning, if he's going to return, if he's staying in shape, if it will be cleared by the trainers and by the doctors and by the, um, the team medical, the medical team, rather. If you are a fantasy owner that is in need of pitching and you're looking for it, I just gave you the numbers for Carlos Carrasco. Numbers that you're like, all right, I'll, I'll acquire him because I'll probably come back to where I want them to be. Would you take a shot? I don't think I would, Greg. I think there's more risk associated with Carlos Carrasco than there is Corey Kluber right now. Because just you mentioned it with this blood condition, we just we have no idea. We don't even have a timetable for him. At least when it comes to Corey Kluber, they're talking about MRIs and the potential of being back shortly after the second half. Right now with Carrasco, we don't have that. I will say this, right? If we got a timetable for Carrasco, I have more faith in him writing the ship performance wise than I do Corey Kluber just because of the underlying numbers that we have. But again, this this blood condition, there's just like a lot of unknown behind it. Is this, you know, is this part of the reason why he wasn't performing well? I mean, right before we found out about this blood condition, we found out that he wasn't sleeping correctly. So, you know, maybe this blood condition is something that's going to continue to affect him this season and maybe even for the rest of his career. Greg, there's just too much risk involved. I, w- I would argue that there's even more risk involved with trading for Carrasco than there is when it comes to trading for Corey Kluber. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I'd want, if all things were equal, I'd want to trade for Carrasco. I think he's better. I, I think he'll help my team more. But the uncertainty level around Carrasco just simply scares me off. We can talk about being scared off about a pitcher because of performance, but because we have no idea what the injury is or what the timetable is, I can't do it. At least with Kluber, like, all right, he's starting to throw. He had a broken arm. He'll be back from a broken arm. This blood condition really scares me away from a guy like Carlos Carrasco. So we've now gone through six pitchers, correct? And two of them have been busts that were drafted inside the top 10, basically. Kluber and Carrasco, you're saying? Yes. Okay, so one, two, three. So we talk, four, we've done Scherzer, DeGrom, Sale, pitches. Verlander, Kluber. Carrasco. Carrasco. Snell. Snell. Snell has been a bust so far, too. Yeah, absolutely. So that's three out of seven. And then we, get, right? to, and then we get to the eighth we're going to talk about, who's also been a bust. Like, I'm going to ask you the same question, and that's with Aaron Nola. His ERA, his ERA sits at over four and a half. And I'll always go back to Nick Pollock, who we should, bring, we should have brought back for this show. But um, I'll reach out. We, we talked to Nick Pollock about Aaron Nola, who we used to love, and for whatever reason, he did not want him this year. The ERA indicator is a little bit better, right? 3.84 XFIP compared to the 4.55 ERA. But if you watch Aaron Nola start in and start out, it hasn't been good. He has not had a feel, the feel that we have seen over the past couple of years for this guy. But maybe you want to trade for Aaron Nola. Maybe you believe that you're still getting a top 10 pitcher and you get him for the last two months when he'll be better. Are you trading for Nola? I would trade with Nola, but with reasonable expectations. For example, Greg, I'd rather trade for Blake Snell right now than Aaron Nola. Makes sense. Because I would, I would expect from here on out, from June 26th to the rest of the season, I would expect Blake Snell to be better than Aaron Nola, just because the underlying numbers are a lot, a lot better. Again, in terms of getting opponents to chase pitches outside the strike zone, to limit walks, um, to get more swinging strikes. I mean, those things favor Blake Snell right now. Normally... When we talk about Aaron Nola, we talk about a guy who lives in like the mid two range in terms of walks per nine. You know, if he goes six, seven innings, you know, maybe he walks two guys in a start. Maybe he walks one guy. We're not used to a 3.74 walks per nine for Aaron Nola this year. Greg, you're right. Something is not go and something has not been right 
for Aaron Nola so far this year, whether or not it's uh, uh, hitters are laying off his curveball more this year. We know that you know he has one of the best curveballs in the game, but it hasn't been nearly as effective. But he's walking more guys. He's giving up a ton more hard contact this year, too. Last year, 25% hard contact rate. This year, 39%. His home run to fly ball ratio, 20%. He pitches in Citizens Bank Park, so we have concern there as well. 1.42 home runs per nine, pretty much the same as a Blake Snell. I trust the talent of Blake Snell more so than I do Aranola at this point in time. So to answer your question, I I would look into buying Aranola, but with reasonable expectation. I don't know that, based on the way he's pitched this year, Greg, that he's going to get much, much better. Like Maybe he pitches to a like a top 25 starting pitcher value, like a high mid to high threes ERA, something like that. But I don't know that we're going to get anything close to the Aaron Nola we were expecting when we drafted him inside the top 10, top 12 coming into the season. So I would buy him, but with reasonable expectation. And I'd rather have Blake Snell. I think you buy him because you know he's healthy, which is a good, which is half the battle at this point. I'd much rather have Blake Snell. The indicators look say at, you look, should want him. Greg, look at the way the ball has been flying out the past two days with the Mets and Phillies. Right. And we were on the over last night, by the way. But the ball's just flying out there. And, and it's it's June. Like, the ball's going to continue to fly out there. It, it might even fly out more into the July and August months. So, Aaron Nola, I mean, you're coupling the fact that he's walking more batters than ever and giving up home runs with more batters on base because he's walking them. And that's just a recipe for disaster. I'll always say this about Justin Verlander, Greg. In, in years past, he gives up a ton of home runs. He's a fly ball pitcher, right? But he gives up a lot of solo home runs because he doesn't walk anybody. You can get away with solo home runs when you strike out as many guys as Justin Verlander does. But with Aaron Nola, you're walking guys, and then once those guys are on base, you're giving up three home run, uh, three run homers, two run homers. You're giving up grand slams. That's just a recipe for disaster, especially pitching in Citizens Bank Park. Absolutely. Well, flying out of Citizens Bank Park on a nightly basis at this point uh, with the warm weather, it's like Wrigley during the daytime. It's just... Flying out constantly. Aaron Nola, you're going to have to be cautious there. Uh, next year, are you going to feel comfortable taking Aaron Nola where you did this year? I don't think he's going to go where he did this year on that 2-3 turn, anywhere in the second round or early third round. I think we're going to get Aaron Nola at a discount heading into next year, and that, that's what fantasy is all about. you got to be able to identify the players who are going to outperform their draft value. Obviously, it's easier said than done, and you know that's why you're here listening or watching, but... I think with Aaron Nola, if we could get him at a discounted price anywhere in like the fourth, fifth round next year, that's probably something that I'll be in on, Greg. All right, fair enough. Let's continue here as we get to our next break. Over some of the top pitchers that we're taking, we get to Garrett Cole, who's been awesome. The year already, 3.42. Yeah, not, not really much to say there. 2.72. He's, he's been amazing. All right, he's been fantastic. Fine, fair enough. <laughs> is, right. is there anything you want to say about him, Greg? No, Frank, I just want to give the numbers out and then say he was fantastic. Okay, so we have four out of nine pitchers we've talked about have been bust so far this year. Let's season. get to number 10. That's Trevor Bauer. Bauer's been an interesting case. The ERA is 3.69, XFIP significantly higher at 4.45. He's been um, up and down this season, to say the least. We've tried to buy in and then buy out, buy in and buy out. Trevor Bauer could get traded in the second half of the year. We know he's always a, a head case. What do you think of Trevor Bauer? You're right, Greg. I mean, he is someone who is hard to figure out because yeah. he's somewhat righted the ship to his past couple starts, gets the ERA down to 3.69. The underlying numbers for him are not good, though. A 4.45 XFIP, a 4.34 Sierra. The whip is good at 1.18, but, you know, much like... Aaron Nola, what I was just talking about. I mean, Trevor Bauer's given up a lot of home runs this year. 
1.20 home runs per nine, and his walks are back up. I mean, we were hoping heading into the season that the gains that he made in 2018, he was going to be able to carry over to 2019 in terms of getting strikeouts, getting swings and misses, and limiting the walks, and also limiting home runs. I mean, last year, he was amazing at that, 2.21 ERA. But this year, the home runs are, uh, I mean, the strikeouts are considerably down. The walks are, are much higher. They're closer to where they were in years past when we were we were hoping that, that Trevor Bauer would figure it out. 3.69 walks per nine. Overall, Greg, what you're going to have to pay to get Tre- Trevor Bauer, I think I'm out on trying to acquire him. Interesting. Okay. You know, to me, he's like another one of these guys, much like Aaron Nola, to be honest with you, where you look at the numbers and you're like, this guy could be better. And he's, he should be better. He should be better, and he's healthy. And I'm like, I would take that shot. I would. Because there's so many guys that suck. But you're going to have to give up a decent amount to get Trevor Bauer. What does that mean? Because people will look at the surface numbers, and they'll see, oh, 3.69 ERA, 1.18 whip. You know, he's averaging over a strikeout per inning. Um, I, this is probably one of those situations where you can't do starting pitcher for starting pitcher trade. But you probably have to give up, like, a top 20 outfielder to get him, Greg? Or like a top 12-ish hitter at another position? And if you have a wealth of rich, riches a, a, on your offense, then maybe that does make sense. I just don't know that you can... I think it's harder to pull off an SP for SP trade when it comes to Trevor Bauer because the surface numbers still look pretty good. We've given you the top 10 pitchers drafted. We'll go 10 to 20 next. I had great results. I lost 70 pounds. I weighed 265 and went down to 195. My doctor told me, if it works for you, then do it. But a lot of people say to me, how did you lose the weight? I said, I take Andro 400 every day. I'm going to take it forever. That was Walt talking about Andro 400. Now listen to what Bob has to say. When you listen to your radio commercials, you say that's not possible. But since I've experienced it, your commercials aren't strong enough. I am 76 and I've had a belly for way too long. My whole body is shrinking. My energy level has gone up. And the only thing difference is Andro 400. It's great stuff. I tried other products and nothing happened. Guys, if you'd like to lose stubborn belly fat, gain energy, and feel years younger, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435 888-400-0435 andro400.com let dailyrodo.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing daily fantasy baseball become the eighth daily roto lineup optimizer to win one million dollars in a fan duel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars if you're playing mlb dfs and not using dailyrodo.com you're doing it wrong enter promo code fntsy for a 10 percent discount the 2019 mlb daily roto premium package at dailyrodo.com use the promo code fntsy and get your 10 percent discount today can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Do you like this song, Frank? What 
is this? Walking in Memphis. No, this actually sounds like a song that I hate. Oh man, it's Mark Cohen's very famous song. I I've heard it before. It's great. Oh, I could tell by that little like. It's very like country esque. It's awesome. I'm, I'm out. Wondering if I would. Many people mistake it as a Rascal Flat song, but it's not. It's Marcone. I would like to visit Nashville, Greg. Right. Everyone talks about how fun it is there. Yeah, it's awesome, supposedly. The bars, the live music. Yeah. Plus, I could visit my good buddy, Eric Young. That's right. But I don't know that I would enjoy it as much as people say, because I hate country music. I yeah. hate it. And I, I, I can't imagine that they're, uh, they're playing um, you know, Old Town Road there. They're, they're probably playing Walking in Memphis. I don't think it's not like Grand, you're on the Grand Ole Opry here. I, I know. Yeah. I, I'm just—I'm not a country music guy. You? I've grown to like it more than I ever thought I would. To be honest with you, I'm sorry. I used to hate it. I don't hate it anymore. It's kind of entertaining. Which you know, some people might find a surprise. I guess like Metallica has like a country twang at times, like when they when they sing their slower songs, and I love Metallica, but I don't know, it's just like the Red Solo Cup stuff, like toes in the water, ass in the sand, like. No. That's not a real country song. No. That is not a country song. That's a uh, pop song. Well, country pop, whatever it is. So you probably like hate Florida Georgia Line. Oh, hate. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's I'm, a- I'm 100% out. Yeah. All right. Don't ever invite me to that concert, Greg. I've never been to a Florida Georgia Line concert, <laughs> Frank. Swing for the Fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer user. To win a million bucks in FanDuel or at DraftKings. Become one of the countless number of people who won thousands of dollars playing DFS. If you're playing MLB Daily Fantasy and you're not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. And you'll get line of alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and you get to use the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions of dollars in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB. Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. DailyRoto.com. The promo code is FNTSY. All right, Frankie, let's get back to the top uh, 20 pitchers and just take a look at where they are. Uh, we'd like tomorrow on the show to take a look back, at, as I mentioned, Fabiano and Fabuloso. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get to it today. Not a chance, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, we're having a fun show anyway. BFFs, two hours. Coming soon. We hope. We hope. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get to know with Syndergaard. So Syndergaard hurt on the IL. Uh, four and a half ERA. The exit a little bit lower than that. It's been an up and down season for Noah Syndergaard. Not unlike Trevor Bauer, to be honest with you. I know these guys were going in a similar range. Who would you rather have the rest of the way? Bauer or Syndergaard? Oh, gosh, Greg. I mean, hey, this is why we get paid the big bucks, right? These are the decisions we have to make. Maybe you get paid the big bucks, but... <sighs> Man. Death is not an option. I cannot... I don't think... He, death seems like extreme <laughs> in this case. Oh, man. I think I would go with Syndergaard. I don't know that there's... There might be, by the end of the season, there might be a right or wrong answer. But I, I don't think that... I don't think you could go wrong with either one right now. I think they're both very similar. The underlying number is a little bit better for Syndergaard. At least he's not walking as many guys. He's not giving up as many home runs as a Trevor Bauer. But he's just constantly getting knocked around, which is so frustrating because someone who throws close to 100 miles per hour with their fastball and, and a, a near 90-mile-per-hour breaking ball seems like he should be better than he is. I trust the stuff more. I think that's just what it comes down to. And look, Trevor Bauer has really, really good stuff as well. I think I lean with Noah Syndergaard, Greg. What do you think? Syndergaard, again, a little, a little bit nervous because he's hurt. 
And we're, we can talk about it a lot. He fanned nine in a rehab start last night. So it looks like he'll be back soon. That I would Yeah, think. Pro- either right before the All-Star break or right after it. I look at Syndergaard. Could he be on the move? Him and Wheeler both. Maybe. Him and Wheeler both could be on the move. But you look at Syndergaard, and you always think it should be better, right? Like It's, it's his dominating presence that's on the mound that scares the crap out of you when you pierce into those blue eyes. But the performance hasn't been there. I, I think that maybe a change of scenery is warranted. I think I lean Syndergaard. I, I, think the, I think the amount of fluctuation between start to start should be less with Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. And, and I think the dominance should be more. So I probably lean Syndergaard over Bauer. Yeah, to me, again, it's it just the big factors are the fact that he doesn't give up as many home runs as a Trevor Bauer. He doesn't walk as many guys as Trevor Bauer. He also doesn't get as many strikeouts, so I, I realize that. But like, hitters who, uh, pitchers who give up a lot of walks and home runs, it, it's just so frustrating. And I, I want to try and avo- avoid those guys. That's kind of every pitcher, though. It's, it seems like it's every pitcher right now. But uh, yeah, at least in regard, it's like he's been randomly knocked around for a lot of hits this year. The BABIP is very high. Um, so hopefully he can write the ship. But yeah, I, I think I would lean with him over uh, Trevor Bauer. Okay, fair and enough. That's now six out of 11 pitchers we've talked about who have been busts. The top 11 starting pitchers who were drafted so far this Calling year. Calling that a bust. All right. Syndergaard has been a bust, Greg. Yeah, There's no way around right. it. You're right. I mean, he's got a, he's got a 4.5 ERA, and he, he just missed like a month. You know who's not been a bust? Who's that? Walker Bueller. Uh, you're absolutely right, Greg. Not a bust. ERA's under three. ERA indicator slightly over three. I know he struggled early. Frank freaked out about him a little bit as well, along with Chris Sale. And since then, no reason to freak. He's amazing. Yeah, he is absolutely amazing. Uh, a lot of parallels between him and Chris Sale. Obviously, both of these teams went deep into the postseason. They competed in the World Series, so a little bit of a, a World Series hangover here. We were talking. Uh, we were talking about Bueller before the before the season in spring training that he wasn't pitching and that he was dealing with like a dead arm and everyone started freaking out. Rightfully so. I mean, it's a really scary thing to hear before the season starts. But he didn't have a spring training. So once again, someone who treated March and April basically as their spring training and, and through April 30th, Greg, Walker Bueller's ERA was 5.22. And since then, since May 6th on, he has a 1.89 ERA, Greg, with a 0.71 whip. He's just been absolutely phenomenal. The skills have been awesome. I wrote about this on my Patreon. Uh, I also displayed my top 12 starting pitchers rest of season, and Walker Bueller came in as number six. So a lot of confidence there, Greg. Yeah, that seems to make sense. Walker Bueller is amazing. Nothing to add on that. Okay, so he's not on the bus list. Clearly not, no. Six out of 12 now. That we've talked about. 50% of the top 12 pitchers drafted have been bust. Absolutely. Okay, let's continue on. That brings us to a guy you were not in on, and that's Patrick Corbin, who I don't think is a bust. 3.9 ERA, 3.97 XFIP, so right around the number. Uh, K per nine, a little bit less than 10. Now, he was an ace last year. He's fantastic. Got a huge contract in free agency, but he was still drafted closer to 15 to 20 than the top five. I think what he's given you is kind of similar numbers. I have no issue with Patrick Corbin. Yeah, I'm closer to the mindset that he has been a bust, Greg. I looked at this. You hate this dude, man. I looked at it. Well, I didn't hate him last year. I was all over him last year. Hated him all year this year. Well, I mean, great. I don't think that he's lived up to what you wanted. I I disagree with that. I mean, a 3.90 ERA, 1.20 whip. And I I looked at his Roto ranking before uh, the show, and he ranks outside the top 40 pitchers. Really? That is relief pitchers included. So even if you take out, let's say, 10 pitchers that are relief pitchers in that group, he's still outside the top 30 starting pitchers in terms of his Roto ranking this year. So, yes, he's giving you strikeouts, but a 3.9 ERA and a 1.20 whip, I think that you were hoping for more. 
if you don't want to include him in the bus discussion, that's fine. But I, I don't think that he's lived up to expectations, Greg. 3.9, as I said, ERA. That leads to uh, 3.9 XFIP, 3.9 FIP. What he's given you is what you're going to get. You look at the past four seasons that he's pitched, Greg. I mean, last year really is an outlier, outlier season for him. I understand. And I, I don't know that we can expect him to be much better than that. All the projection systems on Fangraphs have him for between a 3.63 and a 4.31. So pretty wide range of outcomes here. But uh, the bat projections done by Derek Hardy of uh, ESPN and, and Roto Grinders. He has him at a, at a 4.31 ERA rest of season, Greg, which would just be catastrophic. It's not necessarily, look, this isn't like... Catastrophic is high. I don't think it's catastrophic. The, the, projection, the projection, this isn't a be-all, end-all for Patrick Corbin. Obviously. He can easily outperform that projection. Clearly. But I think if he pitched to a 4.31 ERA, Greg, that would, that would be quite catastrophic. Is it catastrophic? He would, if he pitches to a 4.3 ERA the rest of season, he would end the season with an ERA over four. He was a top 15 drafted starting pitcher. Look at the rest of these guys. Like, they all kind of stink. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't think they have been. They, uh, it, I, I'm saying, if he pitches to that 4.3 ERA rest of season, if he pitches to uh, what was the agreement we made last week? You said 3.75. Yeah, you had him for lower than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that would be fine. That would be fine if he pitched to that. All right. Um, oh, so, are we including him as a buster? I'm, I don't want to. All right, so. We'll add one more pitcher. So that we've talked about 13. We didn't, I did not add a bust. So that's 6 out of 13 okay. that we've talked about. Jimmy Paxton, 3.75 ERA, 3.81 XFIP. Now, the thing with Paxton was never really the stats. It was, can he stay healthy? And he went on the IL for like three weeks or so uh, with a bad knee, came back. The knee wasn't actually okay, but he was like, oh, I'm fine. Uh, so he came back, pitches for the Yankees on the K for 9 Right where it was last year, 11.7. That's good. Walks are up significantly for James Paxton. ERA, right where it was last year. I don't think you can call James Paxton a bust. I don't think you can call him a breakout. I think you can call him what he is what he is. Yeah, I feel, I feel similar to uh, Paxton how I do about Corbin. I agree. Although, I know that there's injury concerns, but I, in terms of performance, Greg, I think rest of season I would rather have Paxton. Like If you, if you told me both him and Corbin were going to make you know, 15 starts the rest of the way. I would rather have Paxton's 15 starts. Remember, we were worried about him giving up home runs coming into the season, and he's actually lowered his home run total or, or his home run rate this year as compared to last year, and that's in Yankee Stadium. He's actually struggled a lot with walks, uh, especially recently, so I wonder if, you know, maybe that knee is giving him some some pause here, Greg. I'm sure it is. But is. I'm sure it is. You know, if he can just write those walks, and I, I think that things will get better for Paxton, but I think he's probably in a similar range as... As Patrick Corbin. He hasn't necessarily delivered what you wanted, but he hasn't been, we'll use the word catastrophic again, he hasn't been a disaster. I agree. So he's not a bust. Uh, Six you. out of 14. All right, let me get to uh, one more before we have to sign off here. I, I'm going to group them together, and I know we have a couple more we have to get to. Uh, we'll start off the show tomorrow with it, but it's Clayton Kershaw and Luis Severino, right? Because those guys were grouped together all offseason. Severino hasn't pitched this year. God knows when, if he will. Clayton Kershaw? If you took the shot on him, knowing he was coming back at the end of April, it paid off. You raised at 3.07. XF a little bit higher than that. Uh, Caper 9 way down at 7.9. We'll call it 8. But Kershaw has been healthy, and he's pitched relatively well. You drafted Clayton Kershaw as a top 20 pitcher. You got him in like those double-digit rounds where he was going late in the drafts or late in draft season. It's worked out. Oh, it absolutely has, Greg. Um, and even if he pitches closer to his underlying numbers, if he pitched to a 3.5 or 3.6 ERA, 
for where you got him, you know, round pitcher 20 in that range. Uh, he's been great, and he's got a 1.70 whip as well, so he's not walking anyone. He's not getting as many strikeouts as he used to be. He's a different pitcher now. Um, that's obvious. You know, a lot of pitchers, once they start to lose that velocity, they got to start to, like, reinvent themselves a little bit. Bumgarner's currently doing it. CC Sabathia has done it the past couple of years. Kershaw is going through that as well, and we probably should have expected that because he's a really, really smart pitcher. Um, so, again, even if he pitches to, like, a mid-threes ERA, he has... Uh, He's actually been one of the better top 20 starting pitchers, and he was included inside my top 12 rest of season. So there's a lot to like about Clayton Kershaw. Just cross your fingers and hope that uh, he doesn't end up re-injuring that back or land on the IL. Of course. Um, would. Speaking of guys that were hurt, Jameson Tyon fits that. Uh, he's been a disaster because he's been hurt for most of the season. Uh, who knows when he'll come back. He hasn't started throwing yet, hasn't picked up a ball. Uh, it doesn't look like he's anywhere closer to returning, which leaves uh, four guys, Frank. We don't have time to talk about it tomorrow, today. I don't want to rush it. And those four guys are Zach Grinke, Mike Clevenger, Jack Flaherty, and Steven Strasburg. Out of those guys, Clevenger's been hurt all year long. He could help you a lot in the second half. Strasburg's been good, for sure. Grinke's been good, for sure. Jack Flaherty, not so much. So really only one, I guess you call it Clever Busk, he's been hurt, but two busts there. So what's the number up to? That would, that would put us at eight. But Tyron should count, too, because he's been a disaster. All right, so nine. Basically nine of the top 20 pitchers. So half. Drafted. Half. Which, is, 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 is that, that normal? Like that's a higher rate than it normally is. That was is. the obvious That's question. a higher rate than it normally is. You know, usually the top 12 are a little bit more reliable, but a lot of those guys we talked about, you know, from Nola to Kluber to Bauer, uh, they haven't lived up to them. So, yeah, we'll talk about these guys tomorrow. I wanted to get into Flaherty, so I have some Flaherty notes. He, he was a disaster last night. And if I'm just ranking those four, he's the, he's the one... He's the lowest on that list in terms of who I would want to own rest of season. I would agree with that. Also gets back to Favageddon and Virginia Zakis of Inside Injuries will join us tomorrow as well. Coming up next, Sean Guastamacchia with At The Window. He'll have you covered. Make sure you tune in. Sean Guastamacchia, At The Window, coming your way next. All right, Frank, let's get to our best bets forever because, well, we went 3-0 last night. Let's go, Let's Green. go. Feeling good. We're, we, all, we are on three totals. Three totals. Worked out perfectly for us. We got to go back to the totals, right? You want to go back we, to the we totals? We got to ride the totals while we're hot, Greg. You don't have to do anything. You don't want to. But Chris, by the way, Chris Sale is minus 390 today. Minus three. <laughs> right, uh, he's facing Ronaldo Lopez, who's plus 320. Oh, my God. That oh, was nuts. I mean, you got to throw like five bucks on the White Sox, right? I think you have For to. fun. Why not? <laughs> uh, I'm looking at totals again, Greg. I'm going to start. I have one over that I like, and I have one under. Sure. I'm going to start with the Oakland A's and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's Daniel Mengden and... Adam Wainwright, two pitchers who have not performed very well so far this year. The Oakland A's, we saw it last night against Jack Flaherty. They are hot. They are starting to hit the ball again. Uh, and I would expect the Cardinals to be able to at least put up some runs against Daniel Mangdon. I'm very surprised that the, the number here is only at 9.5. So I think it's a very easy over there, Greg. And then the nightcap, 8-10, the last game of the night. Charlie Morton against Jake Odorizzi. I realize that the Twins have just been a juggernaut. They just lit up Blake Snell last night. Charlie Morton has actually outpitched Blake Snell. Certainly. For all of this season. And, you know, he's been one of the top 12 best pitchers in fantasy. Jake Odorizzi's no slouch, though. He's been really, really good so far this year. And the Tampa Bay Rays lineup has not been the same as it was, you know, in the months of April and May. They've actually slowed down a little bit here in June. Austin Meadows, I think he's kind of dealing with that back injury. It doesn't look like he's the same. The total there is nine, Greg. I'm just very surprised that the total is as close there 
as it is to Adam Wainwright versus Daniel Mangan. I know that the Twins could put up runs in a hurry, but I think Charlie Morton could keep them at bay. I'm taking the under there. I'm taking the over in the Cardinals and the A's. I want to go to the NL East, Frank, because I know we like Patrick Cor- Zach Gallen. I like Patrick Corbin. But this line at 7.5 makes it seem like it's Max Scherzer here on the mound for Washington. And it's not. And Zach Gallen, while good... I saw this number, too. It's very low. While Zach Gallen, we like him, it's second start of his career. 7.5 is just a really, really low number here in this game. And I'm going to take the over in it. Over 7.5, maybe it's a bit of a sucker play, but that number is just really, really low to me. Yeah, two questionable bullpens here as well, too. Uh, You know, and the way that the Washington Nationals are trying to remedy that questionable bullpen, Greg? Fernando! Let's just bring in Fernando Rodney! Yeah, let's let's shoot the uh, star out of the sky, And Johnny Ventures as well! What are we we doing here? Blast from the past! I mean, the Nationals... I know that they have to decide very soon whether they're buyers or sellers, Greg, but you got to improve that bullpen. Just for the record, there's about 59... Betting on these guys. The Washington Nationals to win the NL East. Well, that's because <laughs> a month ago you could have got them at like plus 1,700. It's good value. I also, by the way, I like the Mets and Phillies to keep going over. It's Jason Vargas versus Nick Favetta. I saw, saw that number two. I like that over as well. Over in the NL East tonight for me. All right. We're on a 23-hour break. See you back to the year tomorrow. For Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root, root, rooting for your fantasy baseball team.